Good morning. Welcome this morning on this icy cold day. Glad to see everybody this morning. Um, my name is Keisha Culbreth, and I'm the Children's Ministry Director here at Grace. Um, I'd like to invite you guys uh, to get your bulletins out this morning and point out, we try to do this every Sunday, but just to remind you that there's a connection card in your bulletin. It's this perforated part here, and if you're visiting with us this morning, we welcome you, and we ask you to take a moment to fill out some information on that connection card for us so we can get you connected to different ministries of grace, and you can participate in our church family outside of just the Sunday morning gathering. Um, And then on the back, for visitors and members alike, there's a prayer request section. And if you will, put your name on the other side, too. That helps us know who gave the prayer request. But as a staff, uh, we like to pray for these at our weekly staff meetings and throughout the week. And so we would love to lift up your prayer request this week. So make sure you take a moment to fill that out for us. Um, As we uh, go through and talk about ways to get connected, um, one of the ways we do that in our body is through our praying for each other and praying for our church. First um, Thessalonians five sixteen through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so today, um, we have a very special thing we're going to take time to pray about, and that is something you've all been waiting for, I'm sure, since last June, and that's VBS. All right, I heard some snickering and giggles. That's because Probably over half of the people in this room have been involved in VBS before. We usually put a team of people together, anywhere from 45 to 60 people um, every summer uh, to take part in VBS. And so today I just want to let you know that even though it's still cold outside, uh, the summer's coming. And we're excited that our VBS this year will be um, Everest, which you see, which is kind of ironic because we're looking forward to the summer, yet we're doing a frozen type VBS, okay? (laughs) Um, But we're really excited about that. It's overcoming obstacles or challenges with God's power. And so this summer we're going to be talking about with the children being anchored in the biblical truth of the gospel, okay? God's power to provide as he provided his son. God's power to comfort, to forgive, and to love us forever. Those are the things that we're going to be talking about. And so you can look forward to joining us in VBS. You're Those of you that have children that are preschool, three years old, up through rising sixth graders, they can be participating. But today, I'm here to invite all of you to get really excited about volunteering that week, okay? So it'll be June 22nd through the 26th. We'll have a four-day VBS, and then the fifth day is our celebration night with um, parents. And so you can think about ways to get involved. We In VBS, we share through music. We have Bible teaching, um, crafts, games, uh, snacks. And then we also have tons and tons of people who work as crew leaders that sort of shepherd the kids around. Um, we have uh, registration folks and people that decorate. So whatever your skill set is, I promise we can use it during VBS. So um, I just want to invite you to join us for that and... Uh, to help us pray about that uh, today. We do have a training coming up, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But if you'll open your bulletin with us, um, our prayer focus today, as I said, is VBS, and there are some specific things that we would like to pray for. Um, one thing I do want to mention is that the last couple of summers, we've had a community outreach VBS. It's always community-focused, but 
We have had VBS in multiple locations at families' homes throughout Fuquay, Anger, different places. This year, we're actually coming back to home base, base camp, if you will, since we're doing Everest. Our base camp for VBS will be at the church, okay? So we're all coming together, and we're going to be back here in one location this year for VBS. So that'll be kind of nice and refreshing after taking everything out everywhere. So um, just invite you, um, as you pray, to pray for team leaders who kind of oversee these different major areas of VBS, and then for all the volunteers, for those of you that want to participate and for those of you that are thinking about it, um, just that God will provide, like he always does, a wonderful team of volunteers for us to um, just share the gospel with our children and love on children from the community. So we're also going to be praying for the community families that this will hopefully reach. The word of this VBS will reach to them, and we really want to minister to some families that um, do not go to church normally and may have never heard the message of the gospel. That's really our ultimate goal um, while we also continue to um, plant seeds and water seeds and um, that the, our own church children will come to know the Lord and deepen their relationship with him. So um, I just ask you to be in prayer about this and then it, it uh, mentions in your bulletin in a couple of different places that our training for this is Wednesday, March 25th um, at 6.30. So I just invite all of you to come out to this first training where we'll kind of go over some basics and let you see how you can get involved as a volunteer um, at our VBS uh, this summer. So today as we um, go to the Lord in prayer over VBS and our church family, I just want to mention to you some things that you've probably seen on the city, but uh, Mike and Emily Goodson are here today, and we're very excited about that with their new daughter, Macy, who was born just last week, and so um, we rejoice with you guys over the birth of Macy, and um, we want to continue to pray for the, the women of our church. Um, we have some opportunities to get together uh, this week even at craft night. Um, craft night will be at 7 o'clock on Friday night at church, and there's a women's conference coming up in April. If you're interested in joining, there's several of us already going to that conference at Providence. There's information in your bulletin, and you just need to let me know, and I can let you know how to register for that. Um, our youth have a merge weekend coming up, and parents, that payment is due today for merge, but um, merge is going to be a great time where our youth will be gathering in living rooms of families and um, processing what they hear, what they're worshiping about as a large group with other youth from the community, but they're going to be um, worshiping together and sharing in God's word together for a whole weekend. They'll stay at, at homes, church family homes together and uh, spend a weekend in a couple weeks, so we need to be praying for them. Um, for uh, those who have ongoing daily suffering, um, we have many families in our church that have had illnesses and recovery and different diagnoses they're waiting on, um, we need to be praying for, as well as those who've lost jobs and just have emotional and relational hurts and things. So um, let's remember those people, and you can find individual names listed in their specific details here in the bulletin. So I just invite you to um, take this with you this week and and keep our church family in your prayers, and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you that you are good and that you are loving. Father, and even in our humanity, Lord, when we certainly have done absolutely nothing to deserve your love and your grace, um, Lord, you give it still, and you poured it out on us, Lord, uh, through the gift of your son, Jesus. And 
giving him, uh, him giving his life, Lord, to die on the cross for sins that he did not commit. Uh, Lord, yet we did. Father, our hearts are stained with sin, yet your son gave his life uh, to cover that sin, Father, and then you raised him to new life, Lord, and in Christ we have new life in him, God. Uh, We thank you, Father, that um, you incorporated us into your body, Lord. You have have built your body um, around your son, Lord, and you have given us gifts and abilities uh, to serve each other and to serve the community so that we can share the gospel and the good news of your son. And Lord, we pray for um, this church family as we get together and we plan and we think about how you would have us do that through Vacation Bible School this summer. And we just lift up that process to you, Lord, because in it, we're all changed and we're knit together as a family. And we just thank you for that process. And we pray for the community families that will be a part of that and the children. And we just pray that many would come to know your son through our service um, and through mostly your spirit working through us, Father. Um, Lord, we do lift up the Goodsons as they've welcomed this new little one into their home. We pray for their adjustment. We continue to pray uh, for the Calverts as well um, with little Jesse. Um, Lord, we pray for those in our family who are hurting, God, and who um, whose bodies need healing, God. We pray for those whose spirits and relationships need encouragement daily. And Father, we lift up the women of our church that um, you would give them encouragement through this conference coming up and through time together. We pray for our youth as they worship and um, and learn to um, to follow you, God, and to desire uh, spending time with you. Um, Father, we pray for every member of our body, Lord, that we would be knit together and connected more closely through time in home groups, uh, through serving each other, through praying for each other, Lord. And um, we just pray that we would look to you, Father, cast our eyes on you for encouragement and giving you thanksgiving and praise in all circumstances. And Father, we thank you that this is your will for us, and we thank you that you are faithful in it. So we lift up this time of worship to you today, Lord, through the word and through our giving. And we pray, God, that we would give with joyful hearts over all that you have given to us, Lord, because it's far more than we could ever deserve. Uh, We lift up this time to you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. last um, two weeks have been rather snowy and icy. I want you to be honest. How many of you have had about as much close family time as you can stand? Anybody in that <laughs> category? <laughs> well, this morning is going to be sort of like that. You know, you, you look forward to those times when everybody stays home and it's snowing outside or there's, even if there's ice outside as long as you've got power. I was so upset that we didn't get the snow the other night until I saw what happened in Raleigh. Then I was so thankful that we did not get that same level of snow. But you just look forward to everybody getting around, sort of like the fireplace and drinking hot chocolate and making snowmen, stuff like that. After a while, it can get old. But it's really nice early on. And today's going to have that sort of a feel. We're just going to sort of gather around the fireplace. I'm going to do something different than I had planned to do. It's a message on giving, tithing, 
all of that kind of thing. And as I look around, this is not the group that needs it. Obviously, the group that needs it stayed home. So we're going to get a break. Just kidding. You know I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll get to that either next week or even possibly uh, the week after that. Today we're going to, how appropriate though, that today we're going to be in Psalm 103 where David starts off, bless the, soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Um, I love to come back to this every so often just because, <laughs> well, I need it. I'm sure that you're going to feel the same way. I need to hear this beautiful word from the Lord. And I want us to read this together, and then it's going to be a little bit more of a casual, a little bit of interaction. Um, but in just a moment, we're going to stand, and I want, I'm going to ask you to read this text just one verse at a time. Read it out loud. If two of you start off at the same time, both of you read it. It may sound a little warble, but that's okay. Let's just go through this Psalm 103 together as family. So if you would please stand and let's read it. In fact, <coughs> let's all read this first verse and then someone pick it up in verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship his holy name. I will worship your holy name. Father, we're all worshiping something. And we confess that many of the objects of our worship are unworthy. In fact, all of the objects of our worship are unworthy except for you. And Lord, many people refuse to worship you because they're afraid of you. Who wouldn't want to worship this God that you have revealed yourself to be in Psalm 103? Encourage our hearts, forgive our sins. Turn our eyes toward you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you and be seated. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Everyone is committed to something. In fact, most of us are totally committed to something. There is something in our lives that has priority. We may put it aside for a moment, but sooner or later, we turn back to it. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. You ever thought about in Romans 1, 
where Paul talks about these horrible sins of the people. And there are a lot of sins that he refers to in Romans 1. But it starts when they were no longer grateful. When people turned from the Lord and said, all that I have is because of what I've done. And they lost their sense of gratitude. Paul says in in Philippians 4, when you've got a problem, come to me with a grateful heart. Or the Lord says that through Paul. Come to me, he says, with a grateful heart, with thanksgiving on your lips. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep your hearts in mind. What's wrong with this kind of prayer? I don't know where God's peace is. Where's that peace he promises? Come with a thankful heart. Start the day. In all different times of the day, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. We do, though, don't we? We forget His benefits. Whatever we have, humans that we are, we tend to want more. We want something else. What are some of the benefits of the Lord? Just call it out. What are, the, what are the benefits of the Lord that we tend to take for granted? Health. Sleep. What a beautiful... Yeah, if you have trouble with insomnia, you, you don't take that for granted, do you? Freedom. Relationships. In fact, what about friends who accept you as you are? You know, who who don't require that you be somebody that you're not. Excuse me? Even salvation we take for granted so much. And the gospel, don't we? We take that for granted. Patience. God's patience. Others' patience with us, our ability to be patient with others, grace, the grace of God. Yeah, unconditional love. Election. Controversial word, I don't know why, it's biblical. The fact that God chose you, is that not cause for great rejoicing? Freedom. Our brothers and sisters today are in the way of persecution all around the world. We are very keenly aware of ISIS. And you know what God's promise to them is not that he will deliver them from death, but that he will raise them up again. That is our hope. Not that we will be cured, not that we will be wealthy, not that we'll be able to hang on to our house or our car. His promise is we will rise again with him. In Christ, we will rise again. That's the promise of God, and that's his benefit. I've been thinking about this, and this will work into a message. You'll hear it again soon, and I'll act like I've never said it before, but that's okay. You just remember my age, okay? But I've thought about this a lot. 
when I was younger, and, and those of you who are older will remember this, I promise you, you will remember this. There used to be these, uh, people would talk about, well, just imagine you're in heaven and the Lord is showing you around your mansion and there's this room that's closed up and you say, what's in there? And he says, oh, that's all the things that I was going to give you if you had just prayed about it. And, and the sort of the idea is, these are all the goodies that I would have given you if you had just asked for them. It's a prosperity gospel kind of a, 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 an approach. It won't be like this. I think heaven will be a whole lot different than we think it will be. But if anything, when you look at the correlation between suffering and glory, it'll almost be as if we're in heaven saying, oh, I wish I'd suffered more, you know, because then, the, but it's not like that. It's just exactly the way God designed it. So that whatever our situation, we can say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, and forget not all his benefits. The greatest benefit, he forgives all your iniquity. Is there a better word in the English language? Who heals all your diseases. Ultimately, that's the case. Always, when you read scripture, you have to understand it in the context of the story of the gospel. And if, if we were to take this and say, that means that God will cure any disease I have, does that mean old age as well? Does that mean that you will live in this body, in this life forever? Of course not. God does heal many of our diseases, and he does a lot of it through doctors. It's one of the ways that he has chosen to do that. He will heal the chief disease of your soul, the sin and the sickness that is yours because of your great, 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 great Adam and Eve. He forgives all your iniquity. We're going to talk a a good bit more about forgiveness right now. Who heals all your diseases? By the way, sometimes, and I know the danger in this, but sometimes when I'm counseling with people who are just emotionally overwrought, I encourage them to get alone, to be quiet, and to just picture themselves, close their eyes, picture themselves... Well, first open Psalm 103, have it right there. Picture yourself crawling up into the lap of the Lord. Let him put his arms around you. And then open your eyes and read what he says to you. This is what he says to you. He redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. What's your testimony? Is it that... I was a druggie, I was this, I was that, I was a horrible person. And God saved me out of that. Or is that, is it, I don't remember a time when I didn't believe in Jesus. I grew up and, and this is what my parents taught me and I believed it from an early age. And oh, there were times when I wasn't really that in love with the Lord, but I never had any of those things. I never got a chance to build my testimony, so to speak, you know. 
And sometimes people that come from that background are almost jealous. Well, sometimes you'll admit it. Other times it's just below the threshold of consciousness, you know. I wish that I had that kind of test. No, you don't. I have that kind of testimony. You don't want that kind of testimony. I pay for it every day of my life. But you know what? Your life was headed for the pit and for destruction just as much as Charles Manson, Adolf Hitler, and anybody else you want to put on that list. You were that hopeless apart from Jesus Christ. That's what he's done for you. He has redeemed your life from the pit. (laughs) And he crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. If you watch the old movies, you know, they say, I I ought to crown you. That means boom. Well, that's the way a lot of people think of God crowning us, you know, like that. He puts crowns on us. Parents, hold a golden crown over your children's head and let them grow into it. Be careful about words like, you don't ever, you always. Those are not good words for your kids to hear. Those are not good words for adults to hear. Just crown the ones you love with love and mercy. That's what God does for us. C.S. Lewis, I don't know the quote. Some of you probably could stand up and quote it. He said, if we could see ordinary people the way that they are going to be, it's like God's walking amongst us because that's what we're going to look like when we're in heaven. And the glory of God falls on us. And we are in glory, everything about it. But we don't treat each other that way, do we? We got problems with one another. We have issues with one another. What is godliness? What is godliness? It's like God, isn't it? It's being like God. And when we think about that, we think of holiness. Think about the way he treats us. One of the big things he expects out of us is to treat others with steadfast love and mercy. Verse 5 says, he satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You ever had a medical illness where... Something is just sapping your energy. And it's taken care of and all of a sudden you feel new again. Um, You know what it's like to go through a period of discouragement and then the Lord brings you out of that and it's like, yes, God, thank you. The Lord renews our youth like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Boy, that's a tricky thing, isn't it? It's a tricky thing in our world. Justice. Uh, It's a tricky thing because most of us, 
want justice for ourselves. But, you know, justice sort of hinges on fairness and what's fair to me isn't fair to you. It's just the, that's just the way we are. Because we're worshiping ourselves, we're crowning ourselves with goodness, but we're not crowning other people with goodness. The Lord is on his throne. He was in the time of David, he still is today. It's not fair the stuff that's happening around the world. It's not fair the stuff that's happening in our nation. It's not fair the stuff that is happening in your life. But God is aware. And it's okay. What happens when your kids are saying, that's not fair, oh, it's not fair, you know, and they're back and forth. What are you saying? Hey, I'm going to do the right thing. Just trust me here. I'll do the right thing. That's what we need to do with God, isn't it? Just say, okay, God, I trust you. You're going to have to take charge of this because I, I can't work it like I want to. Verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. God revealed himself really to the world through Moses initially. And he's revealed himself to us through his word. And one of the ways that you get on top of things that are just beating you down and they're so crazy... One of the ways is just just be in the word and let him make himself known to you. Verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Just like you. God is just like you. How about that? With your spouse, with your children, with your siblings, with your co-workers. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger. Abounding in steadfast love. This is the God that we serve. We, We often think of him as one with an angry face. Who is disappointed with us. Who is angry with us. He's abounding in steadfast love. He's slow to anger. Has that been proven to be true in your life? Think of how um, quickly you get angry with other people who do things wrong or they mistreat you or something. Think of how quickly you get angry with them. What if God were to get angry with us at the same rate? And what if he were to express his anger? We'd be in a heap of trouble. We'd be in a heap of hurt. If that were the case, that's not who our God is. So. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. Ongoing displeasure that you sense from other people is difficult, isn't it? <clears throat> it's just difficult when you feel like somebody's upset with you and you can never make it right. And that's kind of the way we feel with God. 
Because here's the way we, we tend to think about God. We think that he's in heaven like this. Hey, don't do that. Don't, don't. Ah! Ah! And so we say, Lord, would you please forgive me? And he says, no, I won't. Did I not tell you not to do that? You knew exactly what you were doing, and you did it anyway. I warned you. I put block after block in front of you, and you went and did it. Now, I'll tell you what. You walk around, show me for about a week that you're sorry for your sin, and then I'll think about it. And so we do for about a week, and then we come back, and he says, well, all right, but try to do better, okay? Do better next time. Don't do that again. But that's not the way he is at all. God is like this whenever, please turn. Please, please, please. I love you because (laughs) I love my son and you're in him. Your identity is with Christ. It's not in your failures. It's not in what others think of you. It's not in your struggles. I love you because I love my son. And I wanted you to have relationship with me at such a level that I have credited my son's righteousness to you. Your sin went on him. His righteousness is credited to you. Verse 10 says, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Aren't you glad? For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. It is really beyond our comprehension, isn't it? As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. You know, you've heard this said this way, and, and look, there's, I, I understand the sentiment behind it. There's some truth to it, but... <clears throat> You know, you talk, you, you hear people say, well, if you ask the Lord to forgive you for something and you don't feel like you've been forgiven, but you've asked him and it's just, it's, this has taken place. God, please forgive me. I'm sorry. And then you come back and you say, Lord, please forgive me. God's in heaven saying, uh, about what? Forgive you for what? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, It's not that God forgets. He's God. He knows everything. He does not choose to hold those sins against us. And what does that do for us to understand his forgiveness in that way? What about the people that have done really ugly things to you? I can forgive you, but I can't forget it. Why don't you just quit that Christianese stuff, you know? Well, I don't like you, but I love you, I guess. I guess that's true, you know. It's, those things are true. But it, God, it's not that God 
forgets about our sin, but he chooses not to hold them against us. And so when someone has done you so wrong, to forgive them doesn't mean to forget. You cannot forget. It's impossible. I I guess probably Allison, my wife, is, is the best example of anybody I know that forgets, not just doesn't hold things against people. She forgets what people have done to her. And I'll say, you don't remember that? <laughs> you know? Fortunately, I'm here to help remind her of how ugly people have been to her. <laughs> but the Lord calls us to be like himself and to not hold the things that others have done against them. It doesn't mean that you accept everything and that everything is just it's like a clean slate and it's never going to... No, things change as a result of the way that people hold or do things to us. But our spirit is that we've got to say, Lord, make me like Jesus. As far as the east is from the west, the Lord removes our transgressions. From us, So the stuff that you're hanging on to, that you're so ashamed of, that you feel so badly about, God's forgiven you. If you've confessed that, that is the gospel. He's forgiven you. Verse 14 or 13, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he remembers our frame. He remembers that we are dust. When we forget the gospel, we forget that we're dust. And we feel like we have to perform in order for anything good to come to us. Which is one of the reasons that when we do good and bad things happen, then we're really confused. Like, what's up with this? No, the gospel reminds us That we're as bad as we can possibly be. But God loves us as if we were as good as Jesus. But even in the midst of that love, he remembers our frame. He knows that we're dust. You will get over that sin. You will. The day you stand before Jesus. The day that you look like Jesus because you are face to face with him. And his radiance and glory. passes but it showers on you verse 15 as for man his days are like grass he flourishes like a flower of the field for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place knows it no more but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him And his righteousness to children's children. To those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. I don't know where you are right now in your life. I don't know what's going on inside your heart, inside your mind. You may be really discouraged. You may be really disappointed with yourself or someone else. You may feel like 
my life is as cheery as this day is outside. Gloomy, freezing rain, that's certainly, that's not only a result of the fall, that's the devil himself, you know, freezing rain. It just can't get any worse than that. And it may feel like your life is in the same place. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children. To those who keep his covenant. And remember this covenant that we enjoy is the gospel. The covenant that Jesus walked through the pieces. This is the blood of the new covenant. This is my blood of the new covenant. Which is poured out for many for you who believe to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of the, voice of the Lord. Angels always do that, don't they? <clears throat> and no, don't. Let other religions sneak into you and talk about angels in heaven from departed souls. That's not, that's not. Angels are always, once those who, some chose to rebel against God, Satan led them. They are eternally condemned because of that rebellion. The other angels, there's no indication that they could ever turn away from God. They will always obey the voice of the Lord. But the thing that we get to do is to sing the song of the redeemed. We know the destruction that was just about ours until the Lord snatched us. He redeemed our life from the pit. And angels long to look into the things that we know about the gospel. Bless the Lord, all his host, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion, which is where? Everywhere. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The only reason David was allowed to say such words about the Creator was because of the sacrifice of Jesus. It had not taken place, obviously, when David wrote these words. But God was looking to the sacrifice of Jesus, even if David wasn't. He said things that he didn't understand. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my foot until I make your enemies my footstools. Sit here on my throne. Sit on the throne, though. I mean, until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord said to my Lord, David didn't understand that. Jesus explained it for us. But God was looking to the sacrifice of Christ, sacrifice of Christ, because the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sins. But when Jesus died, he died to fulfill our end of the covenant when we disobey, which is death, because we could never fulfill our end of the covenant in keeping the law of God. Jesus did that for us. He died for us. And when we die, we will rise again with him if we are found in him. That's what we are reminded of this morning when we come to this table. 
Jesus has died for our sins. Be nourished at this table. When we partake of these elements, it's not that they become the body and the blood of Christ, but there is spiritual growth available for us when we come to this table in faith. There is unity in the body when we come to this table in faith. When we agree that our only hope is in Christ and all the benefits that we read about in Psalm 103 are ours because Jesus took our sins upon himself and died in our place willingly. So I'm going to ask the elders, deacons, if they would to come forward. And as they come, I will just give you a little bit of instruction. These aisles, these slanted aisles, sort of aisles uh, that are not the outer ones, but the ones inside of those. You'll be coming down those and go to the station that is in front of you. There will be a station in front of all four sections. Uh, And you will partake. You will be offered the bread and the juice. You may partake right there. You may take it back to your seat. Come down these aisles. Go back to outer aisles or, or the center aisle. Don't come down this aisle or the outer aisles. Come down these other two. I got to figure out what to call them. So center, whatever. Those weird aisles, slanted aisles. Um, and then you can go back and partake where you are. The servers will partake first and the worship team will lead us while uh, we are, the rest of us are partaking. But I just want to read what the Lord said in Matthew chapter 26. They were eating the Passover dinner. They were sharing a meal together as family. As they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And then Jesus said, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So this this table goes three ways. It goes backwards it 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 meets us where we are and it looks forward to the day when we will eat again with Jesus we look back to his death we remember that and we commune with him with his body and blood in fact first Corinthians 10 tells us and we commune with one another as we partake and the day is coming when we will commune with him Say this with me. Thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of sins. Say it. Thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, we are so grateful that you gave your body up to be beaten, to be mocked. 
They pulled out your beard. They drove a crown of thorns in your head. They beat you to within an inch of death. But you stayed alive so that you could be nailed to the cross. And Lord, as horrific as crucifixion is, and it's just so appropriate that we have that picture because of the the seriousness of our our sins, but it's nothing compared to what it meant for you when the Father turned his back. Jesus had done nothing to deserve that kind of death and to be abandoned by the Lord, but he did so willingly for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for spilling your blood, allowing the life to come right out of you. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so, Lord, as we come to this table, we come as sinners. We come confessing. Lord, that there are things that we have done, there are things that we have thought, said, acted out, that are displeasing to you. We thank you for the forgiveness that is in Jesus. We thank you that in Christ all of our sins are forgiven and we have life. So minister life to us this day as we remember and commune with Jesus in his death. And set our hearts to the day when all of this will be made right. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, that through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace.